One of Blondie's most popular songs haunted the band for years, both before and after its release. Singer Debbie Harry and guitarist Chris Stein wrote what the band called the Disco Song. The demo track was initially recorded in 1975 and was much less rock and roll than the rest of the band's repertoire. It was years before we recorded it properly. We tried it as a ballad, as reggae, but it never quite worked out, said Harry. It wasn't until 1978, when Blondie began working with producer Mike Chapman, that the song came to take shape. On his first meeting with the band, Chapman asked the band to play him everything they had. When they finished, he asked if they had anything else. Reluctantly, the band played the disco song, and Chapman was enthralled by it. Though the original demo had an exclusive disco influence, the final version of the song pulled influence from other sources as well. When we recorded it for Parallel Lines, we were really into craft work, and we wanted to make it more electronic. We weren't thinking disco as we were doing it. We thought it was more electro-European, said Stein. Upon its 1979 release, the song upset many fans. People got nervous and angry about us bringing different influences into rock. Although we'd covered Lady Marmalade and I Feel Love It gigs, lots of people were mad at us for going disco, said Harry. Blondie drummer Clem Burke actually refused to play the song live at first, until its overwhelming popularity made it clear that that would not be an option. A censored version of the song hit number one on the US and UK charts, as radio stations did not take kindly to the use of the word ass in the lyrics. Slant Magazine placed it at number 42 on their list of the greatest dance songs of all time, Pitchfork named it the 18th best song of the 70s, and Rolling Stone ranked it 255 on its 500 greatest songs of all time list. That's right, we're talking Heart of Glass by Blondie on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one is a pain in the ass. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my mucho mistrusting co-host. Hmm. Shh, it's okay, You didn't Alex, say okay. pain in the ass for me, that's probably good. Yeah. Alex Mildenberger is my name, though, in case you're wondering. Alex Mildenbergering is your game. Aha. Alex, how you doing? Alex. Uh, pretty good. Uh, my biggest problem right now is that the the uh, bracket I I got to put my TV on the wall has seven bolts when it's supposed to have eight. So like that's pretty good. I would say I just need a right. bolt. I'm like I'm like seven eighths of the way there. Hell yeah. Could you use instead of a bolt a copy of Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts for the Xbox 360? I feel like that would be a little bit more of a commitment to get my hands on, because I definitely sure. don't have one. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. just something to keep in mind if you do come across it in your travels. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think, think about it. Um, Alex. Alex. Blondie. Wait, first, Alex. Alex. A little, little bit of music news for you. Okay. You Drop heard about this Van news. Morrison shit? No, I don't think so. Did something... What, what happened? He's... He is uh he has announced that he's going to be releasing three new songs. Okay. Um all that of is... them protesting the lockdown in the UK. Uh-oh. Um okay. I did not know that. Um, yeah. That's that's a hot piece of news straight from the BBC. Uh what's the, that was on the 18th Friday that was that was announced. 
Sir Van Morrison, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you, he is knighted. I actually don't think I remembered that. Uh, I, I, I didn't actually know that. I'm just looking at the article right mm. now. Um, here's some... So in the lyrics, he claims scientists are, quote, making up crooked facts to justify measures that enslave the population. Hmm. Well, that's an unfortunate twist for Mr. Van Morrison. Is it a twist? I don't know much about him other than there's some good songs he wrote. Yeah, is that just, like, what British, like, singers do when they they get old enough? I guess he's... Is he Irish? I'm now blanking on where he's from. I think he's Irish. Northern Irish singer-songwriter, Northern that's Irish, right. okay. Because I'm, I'm thinking of him and I'm thinking of uh, Morrissey from... Uh, <laughs> is it Morrissey? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's, who's also a dink. Maybe there's something in the Mora energy there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. Um, they've probably been, like, dodging taxes and stuff for a while. Anyway. Yeah, that seems so, like their kind of move. You know, how old rockers do. Yeah. I've, I've also heard he's just a dickhead in general. <laughs> a very I, grumpy man. I'd believe that about Van Morrison. Sometimes he kind of looks like... Um, You know how names? Yeah. Axel Rose. He kind of looks like Axel Rose sometimes. When Axel Rose put on a bunch of weight there, I don't know if he's currently like that. that. Like, and wore that hat. They like both kind of look similar. And they both kind of have a little bit of a grumpy streak, if we can call Mm. it that. Uh, I don't know. Um, But I'd believe that about, I believe that about Van Morrison. Yeah, it's I just it's great because the article uh, captions one of the photos that says the singer is known for songs like Brown Eyed Girl and Gloria. <laughs> I'm just contrasting that to songs about, you know, hating good pandemic practices. Is Yeah, I, I, I get the connection because it's like anti-establishment, but I feel like that's not quite he doesn't quite have the right of it. Yeah, I think he's missed the mark on this one. So that's music news. I figured we'd just try that up off the top. Um, Also, an embarrassing confession. I realized that we prematurely celebrated both our two-year anniversary and our 100th episode. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I forgot back in February, we did the, uh, the, the Foreigner episode, their song. You know the name of that one. Sure, yeah. I want to know what love is. Yes, that's the one. And then we had the bonus segment, and that episode was so long that I, oh, I chopped the bonus segment two. off. So when I looked at the listing on our hosting app, it was like, oh, yeah, it counts that as another episode. So, uh, I mean, it's close enough. I mean, yeah, we were one off. So just, just to give you the perspective on that, 104 we thought was blinded by the light. Our two-year anniversary special is technically Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. <laughs> Well, what else? I mean, that's second best, right? I think it's yeah. about time. It's about time someone mistook Bruce Springsteen for Rick Springfield. Yeah, you know, it's it's been it's a about while. Time someone, you know, made the made the mistake in reverse. Yeah, honestly, it was brave of us. And yeah. calculated. And yeah. controversial. And sexy, I think, more than anything. Of us. Yeah. And that turns our 100th episode, which I believe was Black Magic Woman, to, to actually be West Coast versus Wessex, the No Effects and Frank Turner cover album. That's not bad. 
Yeah, anyway. that one actually seems to work better as a hundredth episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all good. It all worked out. We did all the things we wanted to do. Yeah. And we made it. We did technically still make it to the two year and 100 mark, so we yeah. don't have to be embarrassed. That's all the news up front. Alex, Blondie, tell me everything Blondie. you know. Oh, what do I know about Blondie? They're a band? Most of what I know about Blondie is what I know about Debbie Harry. So, the, yeah, they're a band and they're extremely attractive. What else yeah. do you know? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, they have some good songs. I, I like those songs. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've always I've always thought of them on on the new wave side of like the new wave punk split. Um, yeah, that is generally I think where they're considered. But they kind of identified at least at first as more of the punk side, and maybe that was just a like rock and roll thing. That well, I think there was a lot of intermingling in in the later seventies yeah. punk and new wave. I think there's a lot friends. less distinction between the two. Uh, then mm-hmm. is made out to be, or than there seemed to be at the time. Um, but that's kind of how I've always thought of them, and they've got a few uh pretty good songs like this one, and uh some other ones, um that I will not name because they're not the focus of this episode. They're not Heart of Glass. Now this song, yeah, I know from like radio play predominantly, but I think it also it was featured in Rock Band Three. Yes. We played it quite a bit. Yeah, because it's a dank song, and you get to do the little synth parts because they finally released the the toy keyboard. It was like kind of a real keyboard. It had a yeah, MIDI it was kind of a real keyboard. You could actually use it to set like it's true MIDI. But yeah, it was uh pretty cool. So and then yeah, that's pretty much what we we're talking about. Is I was just like, yeah, this song's pretty cool. And then you you know you get into the history of it. And it's like, oh, this song's actually kind of a big deal in like Blondie history. Yeah, and it was kind of cool that they put it together also, like, kind mm-hmm. of piecemeal, like they pieced it together one thing at a time. There yeah, a, a lot of... I saw they talked about just, like, layering tracks. everything. One by mm-hmm. one, sort of. Yeah, and I read it was all centered around, essentially, a purchase that the, the keyboardist had made. Uh, that's Jimmy Destry. Because um, he, he bought the drum machine, machine the Roland CR-78, him right. and I think Chris Stein would just like go out to the music store and like buy shit. And he's like, "Oh, this fucking drum machine's fucking sick!" Right, and, and we talked about the CR seventy eight like, a while yeah. back, back when we talked about the model, uh, oh, yeah. the Kraftwerk, and there was one music video. There was I forget the name of the group now, uh, the like Japanese group who covered it. Oh and yeah, they had like the CR seventy eight right there in the middle of the video. Now, if you go to watch that video, the one we watched has been taken down off of YouTube. Uh, I don't know if I I couldn't remember the name of the group, uh, uh, and the... I forgot to look it up. But I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. We gave them the fatal cover me bump, and now they they got their YouTube video taken down. That's a shame, man. We're just destroying like, everything. Yeah, they covered the model. That was um. Oh yeah, I don't know because they're not on the Spotify playlist. Yeah, not on the Spotify playlist. I didn't dig up my notes to look no. them up, but. The information's there. It's just a matter of actually pulling it up. Yeah, dog, I hear ya. I hear ya. The name of the band is... It's not Snakefinger. Hikashu! Hikashu! Which means... 
banned in Japanese. No, I'm kidding. I don't know what it means. Yeah, it's all centered around that that Roland. There's a lot of double tracking and a lot of separate tracks that went into the production of this. Yeah, and I was watching one interview. They were talking about because um, MIDI didn't exist at the time, kind of the effort that needed to go into syncing up all these different like electronic elements with the mm-hmm. humans playing um, because they couldn't, yeah, sync it up that way. Yeah. Um, another thing I saw mentioned, but I don't fully understand its functionality is they said uh, that the the CR78 was uh, capable of uh, sending a trigger pulse to early polyphonic synthesizers, okay. which I understand like starts a sequence. Is that correct? I think it can. Um, trying to think exactly like in terms of triggering, you can say triggering something like you can trigger a note. But you mm-hmm. could trigger a sequence as well, I guess, or say this is the start. So I don't know exactly what you'd use that particular term to refer to. Yeah, nor do I know in the song, it's not clear to me where it would have been used and how that would have been something yeah. helpful, given how much of this was recorded separately and then stitched together. True. True. Yeah, I don't really know what that would be. Yeah. Um, one last fun fact before we jump into the lyrics and the, the rest of things. Allegedly, this is from Song Facts, there wasn't a real, like, like, uh, you know, source on it, but allegedly John Lennon once wrote Ringo Starr a postcard advising him to write more songs like Heart of Glass. Uh, oh yeah, here's the source is The Guardian, I guess. Debbie Harry told The Guardian it was totally wonderful knowing that. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's nice. He, John Lennon always seems to come out with, like, like, he really likes stuff that you wouldn't necessarily expect because he often would, like, talk shit about Paul McCartney's music. Which, oh, yeah. And be like, like, there's his quote about, like, saying all he writes is silly, or silly love songs or something like that. And, but then he's like, and my favorite band of all time is, like, like the B-52s. I'm like, what? Like, that doesn't quite, I don't know. Um, yeah, something doesn't seem to add up there. Yeah, so the surprisingness of that kind of makes it unsurprising mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, I think more so. Can you imagine? Do you think it was done like like Ringo like, oh, be more like Blondie, and he's like, yeah, I've... he's like, listen, Ringo, you dipshit. He's like, I can't pull off that dress. Like, yeah, not you know, you know, Ringo has the spirit of youth, but he's not hot enough for that dress. Not, I mean. Especially the one music video where she's got that, like, pink and yellow number. Oh, yeah. That's not a Ringo dress. That's not at all a Ringo dress. Just his eyes are the wrong color, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, know what color his eyes are. I'm just talking. I'm uh, just the talking wrong color. Right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what color they are. Not the right one for that dress. With that, we're going to address the lyrics of this song. That's, that was, that's like, my favorite segue from the last, like, three weeks, man. That one uh, felt really good to one. get out there. That one felt good. All right. <laughs> All right. Lyrics. So take us away, Alex. Lyrics. Uh, once had a love, and it was a gas. Soon turned out, had a heart of glass. Seemed like the real thing, only to find. Now, <laughs> I've always heard mucho mistrust. Like I'm pretty sure they go into dip into Spanish here. Yeah. Um, but various lyrics are like much of mistrust, and like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's a, a nonsense um, term. It's a love's gone behind. Talking. Yeah. So basically, there's several. I mean, in in genius, it calls it verses. They're kind of like refrains almost because I don't know. 
well, yeah, not this really. Is, like, they're different, but is, they're very similar. There's a lot of this, similarities between them. This is dance rock. It's a hybrid, right? It's dance music and also rock music. Yeah. So you get rock verses, but they are used again and again, similar to how they'd be used in a dance song. So the changes are minimal, but they're still changes. Yeah. So yeah, this is very, uh, very simple, kind of straightforward. Once I had a love, it was a good time. Um, originally in the in the the 1975 demo, it, the line is uh, soon turned out to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, they kind of they also say a thing of the past. Yes. Um. So apparently they just played this song for so long. Eventually, it morphed into Heart of Glass. Like that term, some at some point arose. And they decided to use it, and it became the song title after they actually recorded it. Yeah, I believe it was uh, suggested by Chris Stein, is how I read it. But uh, he unwittingly, there's a, a Werner Herzog film that was out in uh, 1976 called Heart of Glass. Okay, so the term existed. Yeah. And it's like not that much of a stretch, just talking about a, a heart that can be broken easily. Yeah, it's a fragile heart. It's a metaphor. Um. Now, the, the way the song um, cuts out, the song cuts out like a, I guess, pro article um, mm-hmm. or something like because it says soon turned out had a heart of glass. Immediately, I would say it's not necessarily um, apparent who has the heart of glass. I think it yeah. becomes apparent later that it is the person singing the song. But at first it. It's like a little bit ambiguous. Not that they lean into that or anything, but it, yeah, it was, I seems think a little room unclear. for it to be the one the the singers the the narrator's heart of glass. Yeah, like it turns out their heart is fragile and can't handle it, or the heart of glass represents the relationship itself. So it looks like ah. love, but it is it's glass, and if you you know put it to the test that love requires, it will break. Yeah, I suppose so. As opposed to just being like, and they broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it seemed like the real thing. Uh, again, whether it's their heart or, the, you know, the love itself, only to find um, mucho mistrust, or much a mistrust. Much a mistrust. behind. This is, obviously, trust issues destroyed the relationship. Shocking. That's, boom, it's... Easy peasy. Yeah, pretty straightforward story right there. Yeah. That's like the whole song, really. Yeah, because the second one's just another take on that. Once I had a love and it was desi- divine, soon found out I was losing my mind. It seemed like the real thing, but I was so blind. Mucho mistrust, love's gone behind. Yeah, and like, there you go. Same thing again. Yeah, good, so this good one's relationship like love. driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see the problems, and then it had yeah. to end. Which it's 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 uh, uh there's a quote here um I think Debbie Harry says it's not actually about anyone it's just sort of a she calls it like a plaintive moaning about love and I think that yeah the lyrics speak to that it's very general it's easy to relate to it because there's not a ton of specifics but it's it seems to speak to like a universal truth of love yeah in that it's like difficult and mm-hmm. and that when you're in the middle of it. Even though it's bad, you're like, oh, maybe it's good. And you're also like, oh, but it's, it's bad. And it's, you know, it's confusing. Yeah. She takes us to the chorus. Takes us to the chorus. In between what I find is pleasing and I'm feeling fine. Love is so confusing. There's no peace of mind. If I fear I'm losing you, it's just no good. You teasing like you do. 
Yeah, and I guess that line, the like teasing line, is where I would more draw the the other person broke their heart, perhaps mm. by just doing something. Um, but it does. It's kind of a general enough song, I think, that it doesn't need to be like that specifically. Yeah, and just I'm I haven't even thought about this until we started talking about it now. But in the the first two lines of the verse, it says, "Once I had a love." And then the next line is soon turned out had a heart of glass. So it's the same like possessive going on. So it's like a twist on the object, which is the love, right? Mm hmm. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. So, mm -hmm. so that's the evidence that the heart of glass is the love itself. Yeah. Okay. And, but again, that could still be internal. It's like once I thought I had this, turns out what I really had was was a very fragile heart yeah so yeah like you said it is general but there is and there's there's there you go there's room for both those interpretations and they, yeah and i mean it's, it's always place. those kinds of lyrics that or often those kinds of lyrics that are the ones that um speak to people and like get out there and and uh become extra popular like this song did yeah like i mean as much as I like the song Blinded by the Light, to make it popular, they had to like strip away so many of the lyrics to make it more relatable. Yeah. <laughs> and then become popular. And the original one is like, I mean, when we were talking about it, if you look into the lyrics and you look into the story, then you can tell so much of it is like very specific about being a young person like in New Jersey playing rock and yeah. roll. And if you're not that, well, maybe you can't relate to it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, it's it's a little hard to get into if you've never had the ambition <clears throat> to leave small town life and done so through music. Yeah. Yeah, it so, is like hyper specific. Yeah, so this is a lot more general. Um, mm -hmm. And then they repeat the uh, the first verse, I believe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did we cover everything in the course there? Did we? Well uh, no. Uh, maybe not. I'm. 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 I'm moving too fast. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's not that let's take this one slow. Yeah. Um. So in between, what I find is pleasing, and I'm feeling fine. Um. Is I'm confused about what she's in between. She's she's in between what she finds is pleasing, and and she's feeling fine. Yeah. The the. Words in the choruses here are kind of like poetic in like that vague way poetry can be. That's like mm -hmm. difficult to to discern the meaning just by what is said, you know? Yeah. Like she's talking about it being confusing and like her mind, she says she's losing her mind. So she's like, maybe she's just in between things she likes. Like she's talking about being blind seems like real like there's this relationship there are good things that are intermittent and then when she's in between she feels fine but she's still confused kind of like there's nothing immediately right. like this is bad but there's clearly something nagging at her right that's sort of like almost numbness that comes along with any sort of thing where you're like uh, i know like things aren't right but i i'm so i'm comfortable in this context i'm used to it yeah but the phrasing does make it a little weird because i would expect like in between a rock and a hard place like in between thing yeah. and other thing versus in between things and also like that like the way she says it is is very strange 
Yeah. It's but the way it's farm, sung also... kind of makes it very, like, smooth, and it really flows well. Yeah, it really gives this, like, dreamy feeling where you are sort of lost in love. You're like, it's very strange. I'm kind of, like, nothing feels quite real, and that's kind of good, but also maybe very bad. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, in the end of it, she defines it like, if I fear I'm losing you, it's just no good. Like, I shouldn't be worrying about love. Love should have, you know, it should be at least easy to some extent. Mm-hmm. Quit teasing me, you bastard. Indeed. Yeah, so yeah. there's that. We do the the first verse again. Um, we come to the second chorus, which says, Lost inside, adorable illusion, and I cannot hide. I'm the one you're using. Please don't push me aside. We could have made it cruising. Yeah. Made it cruising. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that line with, I think this this section also sort of points towards, like, maybe someone was, like, cheated on, that sort of thing. Um, be, talking about being used and pushed aside. But also feeling like kind of diminutive and like they're not necessarily in control because they're saying, please don't leave me. But like clearly that would be in their favor sort of thing because it's a not a great relationship, but they don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily have to be cheating. I think you can use someone in a relationship without just being, you know. True, true. Yeah, I guess faithful. that was just an example, but you're right. That is, yeah. You're right. Um, yeah, I like the, I like the, the phrase adorable illusion. I think that's a good take on love. Adorable illusion. Yeah. Deluding yourself into thinking something is I guess the do- I guess the way that way of saying it doesn't lead to yeah. Let me just trail yeah. off awkwardly. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So. A good well yeah. fully finished thought, Alex. <laughs> but yeah, love's adorable, <laughs> right? Conceptually. I think so. So the, the like way I-, I mean this song is painting it kind of like dreamy. Yeah, and then she's like, I'm lost inside this, but I, I can't hide from the fact that you're using me. And then it's like, if you'd just, you know, not push me aside, if you treated me like a person, this could have been a great relationship. It's one of those, like, you know, if everything was all right, things would be all right kind of sayings. <laughs> like, yeah, it would have. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's not the case, Blondie. Come on, smarten up. Yeah, and... uh course can't hide can't hide feelings i guess or like they are vulnerable because of this relationship kind mm-hmm. of yeah and then of course this takes us to the bridge riding high on love's true bluish yeah light. which is kind of just the last line of that chorus yeah but it's separate separated so um yeah and of course true blue refers to based on my quick looking it up in the dictionary uh either refers to a loyal person or something that is genuine and i guess real so mm-hmm. true blue ish would suggest to me that it seems that way but it's not quite there yeah that plays in again to this idea of being lost this adorable illusion it's like is it yeah is it totally real it's confusing we can't tell. it's confusing yeah but Which, yeah. it still makes them feel good. They're still riding high on it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we jump to verse three, which changes the second line. So it's once I had love and it was a gas. Soon turned out to be a pain in the ass. This one, again, was censored in the, the, the radio edit. But it lives on in, I believe, the album version. Yeah. I think depending. Now, the one that's on our playlist 
Is it the censored version? I can't remember. I, I'm not 100%. It's off of Greatest Hits, so it could go either way. I think it is. Anyway, Horrific. there's a few different versions of this song. Because we mm. listened to a version that's off of Greatest Hits. It's 4 minutes and 12 seconds long. Um, yeah. There's also the music video version, which I believe is the single version. And that is like 340-something. Mm-hmm. 349 or something like that. Yeah, so um, it's under four. And then there's a disco version that's five minutes and 50 seconds long. Yeah, is that the one? I know there's one version where the, the producer, Mike Chapman, like really bumped up the, the bass drum specifically. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't notice that. It has like an extended percussion introduction. Mm. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, that's the one that goes like. Doo, 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 yeah, exactly. Doo. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah, might yeah, be the yeah. one in Rock Band, actually, because I seem to recall. Yeah, that seems very familiar. Um, yeah, so that's like the lyrics, really. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wanted to say some people oh, sorry, have suggested pain in the, the uh, pain in the ass. Have suggested that that's a, a sign of her her strengthening at the end of this. Because now she's she's sick of it. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's a oh, fucking pain in the ass. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to put it as the, the last line because mm-hmm. all the other ones are definitely a lot, like, nicer. Like, she's losing her mind. Her heart's broken. But then she's just like, eh, get it, get it away. Yeah, dumb, dumb and then even this. with the, the chorus that comes after it, the, you know, if I fear I'm losing you, it's just no good. It's teasing like you do. It's like, well, if this is what love's going to be, fuck it. I guess then it tells a story. So yeah, that's all good bit. for me. Um, Lisa on, on Genius said six years ago, this is my girl, Blondie, you are D-boss. Just thought that was important for us all to know. Yeah, the it's whole band 15 is, is, is D-boss. Is D-boss. Um, it's the way to go. Way to go. So those are the lyrics. Let's talk about the things that aren't the lyrics. And that's all the noises. Alex. We've talked about it a bit. Talk about it some more. Yeah, all right. Um, like I said, there's a few different versions. Uh, this particular version opens with like the, the riff, which is the hook. Um, you still get some of that synthesizer, so like you can hear the, the drum machine, but really that is the focus on the, the, like, the disco version that starts with the introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that guitar hook. Yeah, which is a coming in the pretty solid right hook. Side. It's pretty catchy. Um, yeah. Obviously, the song's popular, so it worked. Uh, the drums really feel bouncy to me. And as I understand, they're based off of the Bee Gees song Night Fever, mm, off of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Staying alive somewhere, but... I mean, I listened yeah. to Night Fever, and the drums sound pretty similar. Okay, I might, whatever quote I read must have been just garbage, but... Yeah, I mean, it's the same album, because it is Saturday Night Fever. Okay. So, um, yeah, all right, all right, all right, yeah. all right. Yeah, and then, of course, there's another synthesizer, and this is what they were talking about syncing up, doing the, like... That was... Again, I just watched this video of them talking about making it. It's on YouTube. It's called How Heart of Glass Was Made. Hmm. And it's like ten minutes long, not even. Um, so that was interesting. I'll tell people that they'll just go there instead. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, does, does pretend it doesn't exist. 
It's like two hours, and it takes him forever to get into it. Yeah. Like, well, this is only an hour and a half that takes forever to get into. All right. Yeah, and they don't even show like Debbie Harry in a, in a, like a dress or anything. It's like no no reason to watch it. Don't worry about it. No reason to watch. Um. Yeah, and then this was another thing they were talking about. At least the producer, I think, was saying he wasn't expecting mm-hmm. Debbie Harry to come in and sing in this like head voice. This like kind of soft, airy head voice, because you know when she sings other songs like, um, one way or another, that's mm-hmm. the name of the song, right? Yeah, um, it's very, it's like a lot lower, and it's kind of got this like edge to it. Yeah. Whereas this is very different from that. Yeah, very airy, very dreamy, and again, this is like double tracked at least. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's other parts, particularly I think the the choruses, um, when it doubles it with like this kind of like droll, uninterested um, recording. So like there's this airy side and this like in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that lower end, that very lethargic. Yeah, it's like kind of it's like this like spoken like detached kind of. I I know. At least one quote I read was talking about like Debbie Harry's like detached coolness kind of thing, you know, the like yeah. smoky eyed like coolness thing. Yeah, which comes through in the music videos Definitely. as well, where she basically just sings like deadpan to the screen for most of it. <laughs> yes, exactly, and and that that part of the track really sort of underlines that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got? There's like some more synthesizers. There's some synth sweeps that come in after the first verse. Yeah, there's got to be at least like, I want to say three different synth parts going on in this. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Because there's definitely like the, the drum track. Not the whole thing, because there is. There mm-hmm. is a Have kit. we mentioned that drummer. The, the... Yeah, the drummer and the drum track. So there are technically two sets of drums. Yeah. Both the electronic and the organic. And they're what well, the the organic drums are essentially mirroring the the electronic ones. I actually didn't realize that. They're yeah. just kind of playing the same thing. Yeah, so that's why that's part of what gives it like its texture. And so you got two, two of them two hitting the kits, basically. Yeah. Allow me to loudly drink water do that i was in a meeting usually i mute myself when i drink water but i forgot to at a meeting this week and everyone's like what does that sound i was like oh (laughs) i'm drinking loudly they thought it was a bong (laughs) i mean maybe not as aggressive as a bong but like in the middle of a meeting at 9 a.m you're like uh alex (laughs) You forget to mute yourself? Yeah, what's up? (coughs) (sighs) Ready to work, guys. (laughs) Fucking good to go. All right. Anyway, um, where were we? Um, The bass doubles the guitar. uh, On that hook? On the hook? Riff, yeah, on that hook. Yeah, it's catchy hook. For Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Choruses, you get a bunch more like filter sweeps. Mm-hmm. On the or on the rhythm synth, they're like do 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 do. It's getting the like you know. Yeah, it's like sweeping around, like distorting a little more. Like the the purpose of the chorus is really to get like dreamy and lost. Yeah. So it yeah. kind of warps around in that section. And what better way to do that 
than by sweeping a filter. Hmm? That's how I dream. It's exclusively in filter sweeps. Does Jake Tressy dream of filter sweeps? You bet your ass I do. I guess we have an answer to that question. That's right. Um, yeah. Then we get the uh, the like the synth bridge section. Which section Around is 150. that? One fifty. One fifty. Oh right, there's a little solo there. Yeah. Or kind of because they sing the the first chorus has like four lines, and then in the second chorus they sing like three and a half lines, or two mm-hmm. and a half lines, and then just kind of fade out and then they play i think three um instrumental choruses basically and then on the last one they come back in with that final line and that's called the bridge on genius is that what's called the bridge yeah the um riding high on love's true bluish light right so in terms of like the syllables and the structure it matches up with it just it's just no good you teasing me like you do of the first chorus, but it's just separated in time. Okay, well, I'm talking about the section at 150 where the the synth comes in, which isn't at that time of that line. It's actually before that what's called the bridge there. Yes, it's before that. Yeah. Because it's, it's after chorus two. And yeah. then they play the synth. The synth line is that the melody of the chorus. Yeah, it is the chorus melody. And then after they do that like three times, that's the instrumental chorus. Well, then they bring in the uh, the backup vocals, doing the da da da. Yes, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they come back in with the bridge. Yeah. So then two thirty six is where the the bridge line occurs, and then we get to I guess what is considered the bridge. Which is the ooh ooh woo woo section. Ah, uh, yes, the ooh ooh woo woo. And yes, things slowly build in. We get the percussion coming back. And then we yeah, we're back to the to the first verse. I think I miscalculated the number of times they do this. Holy crap. Yeah, I think you did. Oh, um, worth noting is in transitions between the the verse and chorus, you get that walking up on the bass, which is very, it's a very disco move. The, like, octaves? Yeah. Yes, that was another thing they talked about in that video. And they said it was very disco. That's all I know. Yeah, it's just, it's like a classic disco bass line. Hmm. Which, of course, I know how to play because it's easy as shit. <laughs> Amazing. And why would you not want to learn disco? I know, right? It's the most respected genre of music. Ugh, man, people really didn't like disco. Was that mostly homophobia? There's the question of the hour, Alex. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think Do, it's I don't know. also corporate. Yeah, maybe. I think there was just like some event kicked it off, and they're like, man, we love rock and roll. We hate disco. And then suddenly everybody decided they hated disco. Like yeah, it was a well, thing. I think like there, someone was, said it, it first, an... and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, we do that too because we follow this group." Blondie was accused of quote selling out for doing this, 
which would suggest that disco music was more of a corporate invention, something that makes a lot of money, but is ultimately it's just some some fucking garbage that you play in clubs to sell people drinks. Yeah. Plus this was this was post Saturday Night Fever, so disco was like long dead, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Maybe I don't know much about disco. My understanding is like that was the like commercialization of disco, meaning that disco proper is like well, it's at least a separate thing. Anyway, I won't claim to know a ton about the history there. Yeah. So we've talked about pretty much all the sections of this. The song closes out on the that pre-bridge section. And it just kind of fades out with the... Yeah. Oh, I have a note here. This is the censored version, so there's no pain in the ass version in our playlist. No pain in the ass here. Except for actually, um, we yeah. have One Side of Love on there, so... Yeah, which, I they mean, we're not going to talk about in a huge amount of detail. No. Uh, but just in reference to this, like the, the original demo, Once I Had a Love, is a lot more organic. Yeah, it's, but it's uh, still like disco. It doesn't have the like synthesizers, but it... The drums are like different. The drums mm-hmm. are um, I'm more told like the traditional on the hi hat. I guess more traditional disco. That the guitar is like that high strumming, uh, with the like kind of funky high strumming. Yeah, um, and it's doing that riff, and it's like yeah, it doesn't have um the hook that they use in the final version. Mm-hmm. It's like a prototype of it. Exactly. Which, yeah, which is really what this is. It's interesting. Um, it's very interesting to hear um, just single track vocals from Debbie Harry on this. Yeah. Because it's not that hard rock of Call Me or One Way or Another. It's uh, this softer approach, and it's just very interesting to hear her voice in that range in a sort of rougher sense. It is definitely a different sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it fits it, with the song. Yeah, like the the demo still kind of slaps if you ask me. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's clearly not finished. Like it's very like demo-ish and there's not much mm-hmm. of like a structure there, but all the lyrics mostly are in place. Like yeah. the choruses are there. Um uh, they have changed some of the lines up in the other like verse sections, but like really other than that, they added some synthesizers, new hook new drums okay that's a lot of the song but like it sounds still sounds similar even though they yeah. changed a lot so yeah the, the way they changed it is uh i mean yeah like the lyrical backbone is still there but in terms of rhythm and things they really really shifted it like uh they mentioned i don't know if they mentioned it in that making of video but they said like the song really came together around the Roland drum machine. So I feel like that plays a big part. The rhythm is, since this is a dance rock piece, is really what shifted this from the the demo to the final version. Yeah, and I think sort of the the like hook grows out of that. Yeah, because it, you know, it it all works together. All works together, baby. But yeah, it's, it was cool to see where, uh, like, how it changed over three years. Yeah, and uh, there's but... even um, there's a live version from '76 that I was watching. Oh, sh- shit, I... do they play it reggae on that one? <laughs> Not quite. Um, which is like it's all similar. It's it's more in place. And I'm trying to remember when Parallel Lines actually came out. 
Um, seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. So like the yeah. song had been kicking around, and that riff even existed, and the like, heart of glass line existed post once had a love, once mm. I had a love, um, like in this version, which is allegedly from nineteen seventy six, but this is just going based off of uh, the date in the YouTube video title. So uh, I don't know. Who can say? Here's what I can say. We're going to talk about the music videos. Um, Alex, you've watched both. I only watched one. So you break down the one that's the one that people actually cared about. The, like, legitimate one? Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, not a ton, too. It starts, like, in a... Kind of sweeps over a city, and you get to see some... I guess, New York. Uh, Shows Studio 54, but that's not actually where they are. And then it goes inside, shows a disco ball, and, like... And then most of the videos close-ups on Debbie Harry's face singing the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, one of the quotes I saw was they wanted to like dance around a bunch, but the director said, "No, stay in place." I'm like, "We'll move the cameras." Mm-hmm. So they get to dance around a little more in the instrumental sections, but for the most part, they stay in place. Um, it's a little goofy. Um, this. Kind of like they were trying to be a little tongue in cheek with the disco thing because it was not held in very high regard at the time. So like they're like grabbing disco balls and like spinning them around in their hands and like messing around a bit there. There's one bit where the keyboard player just like has a coiled cable in his mouth and is like plucking it. Yeah, he's like he's not playing. Around one sixteen there. Yeah. So. They kind of goof around. So it's, it's mostly that. It's, it's the band performing the song in some stage space. Um, it's a, it is a club. It's lights. just not the Studio 54. Yeah. It's the director, Stanley Dorfman, who was the original co-producer and director of BBC's Top of the Pops, uh, says it was shot in a short-lived co- club called the Copa or something. <laughs> So potentially the Copacabana. Yeah, maybe. Or like in that area. At yeah. least um, the place named after that place. <laughs> there's some significance. I guess the dress Debbie Harry wears is like design, designed by Stephen Sprouse, which I don't know who Stephen Sprouse is. Yeah. Um, it also it, says think... it's silver. And it, I mean, it looks gray to me. It doesn't look shiny. Yeah, I mean, you can have a non-shiny silver, I guess. Isn't that just gray? I mean, sure, but it could also be silver. I Think guess. About it, Alex. There's silver threads. You can't see them, but they're there. They're there. Yeah, dog. Um, yeah, but apparently, yeah, the, the dress was a big deal because Steven Sprouse like, got some mainstream attention from that. Oh, I see. And then the shirts were allegedly all designed by Debbie Harry that the band's wearing. Honestly, there's like some cool shirts there that I would wear. So Yeah, buddy. Right on. They're not all the same, are they? Sorry, I'm looking at a low-res version. See, there's two versions that I watched on YouTube. There's one that's just some guy uploaded it. Um, is that your boy Mega That Seventy Show? Sure is. Um, that's kind of a lower res version, but there's also like a really good looking version on the Blondie Music Videos, like Blondie Music official channel. But it is region locked, and you can't watch it in Canada. 
So I had to flip on the old VPN to watch the like high res version. But it looks pretty good. I know I watched a Tom Scott video a while back about how up res videos from like music videos from like 70s and 80s and I guess 90s, uh, the past, I should say, if they were shot on film, they can go back and like redigitize them because film ma- looks good because it's film and it's analog and it doesn't have like resolution issues in the same way as a digital source. Whereas if they shot it on tape, like videotape, it would be magnetic tape. So it would not be able to up res as well. So mm. it's, I, I don't have a discerning enough eye to know which one it is, but I will say this looks pretty good. Well, I'll take your word for it, Alex. So yeah, that's the, the original music video. There's for some reason another music video. Yeah, that's that is I have no idea what it Blondie. is. It's the same version too. I thought maybe it would be like the disco version or some like the version we listened to wherever that came from. Um and it's a similar concept, but it starts with like just a dirt road and there's like an old car and then a guy's got a a rectangular box or a piece of cardboard with Debbie Harry's yeah, face like, stuck like a to it. Canvas or something maybe. Yeah, something like that. And and you can see Debbie Harry's face on it, and he just drives up and, like, stops. And then the camera zooms in on her face. And then suddenly they're in, like, on a stage with risers, and the band just plays the song again. Yeah, so they're all on, like, different tiers on these risers. And then again, it's just close-ups of Debbie Harry singing. And, like, that's... That's it, baby. Yeah, and in this one, it's a very different dress. It's, like, yellow yeah. and pink. Um, yeah, but she's still got like that shawl that thing, and she still earlier. throws it around and shit. Yeah, so similar idea. And there's, but there's less like goofy stuff happening in the background. Oh, this is top of the pops. Uh... I'm just seeing that now. I don't. Yeah. You know, so... I even noticed that, and I was just like, I didn't see of those. I was like, why does it say top pop? Top pop. Um, so I don't know what the, the thing before it is, but I assume that's a top-of-the-pop-ism. I don't know. Yeah. So are we looking at the difference between a U.S. and a U.K. music video here? I don't think top-of-the-pops is technically a music video, but honestly, it's like the same thing. Right. So it's like a, it's a live studio performance. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, one thing I forgot to mention about the version on the official Blondie channel is that it is the censored version. Mm. Um, even though it's the same video and you can very clearly see at like 253 um, you gotta pop your VPN on that she she mouths pain in the ass but they dubbed Heart of Glass over top of it <laughs> it's like very obvious uh, if you know what's going on oh yeah man speaking of censorship stuff we'll get to some great stuff with our first cover it's tangential but we're gonna jump into our covers unless you got anything else to say about the music nope, video it is time for covers the Associates in 1988. The Scottish post-punk and pop band who rose to fame with their unauthorized cover of David Bowie's Boys Keep Swinging. Boys Keep Swinging. Back in like, now, round when it came out, sounds like. Yeah. Now, funny thing about boys keep swinging is um, that they, boys always work it out. Yeah, that's true. They do. No, because in the he performed it on Saturday Night Live. David Bowie did, 
and right. NBC censored the line, uh, other boys check you out. <laughs> but at the end of the, the performance, he's in like this big puppet costume, I believe, like this big suit. And the suit has just a big swing and dick on it, and they didn't censor that. Because, because let me tell you, I mean, this is the late 70s. So, boys checking boys out, that's too gay for the late 70s. But a big swing and dick, that's not gay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pure hetero. That's as hetero as it gets. I mean, it's 79 or whatever. Yeah, buddy. That's how it works, man. But we're not here to talk about big swinging dicks. We're here to talk about the associates. And they're big swinging dicks. And Alex, what do you Maybe. think about... So this is like a more electronic version, basically? Yeah, basically. Um, it says post-punk and pop. This is more pop than post-punk mm-hmm. uh, by my standards. That said, there's nothing that would, I, as far as I know, preclude post-punk from being more pop-like. Yeah, well, I would say Based looking at his vocal performance... In the first, uh, and I, th- I think in the first and maybe the second verse, it's very post-punk vocals, but then he starts to really punch it and give a much more pop performance. Yeah, it's a little more poppy, even a little more like new wavy, which is mm. kind of poppy too. He sounds, at least in that first part to me, like Simple Minds. Yeah. Um, which they're both Scottish. They're not from the same place in Scotland, but they're both Scottish, so maybe there's so a connection there. You go. there. Maybe there's a connection. Um, but yeah, ton more synthesizers. The hooks on the synth. There's like a, a bass synth. You can hear the uh, the bass. I think doubling that that hook more. Yeah. Because of the synth, um, and just like a bunch of like synth sweeping around in the background. Yeah, like some general ambient synth. Um, and then we get this like this synth that is like would not be out of place in a sports game. This. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that the, leads like, us into the yeah leads us into the chorus. It taking the role of that disco bass line from the original. Yeah, that's like Mario Golf sounds. Yeah, yeah, or maybe just Wii Sports. It's just possibly. I mean, it's not the promise, but no, it's not the promise, but it's kind of similar. Kind of similar. Um. Yeah, so the drums get this like faster like ratcheting sound, which the original actually does. I forgot to bring it up, but like the original has a similar drum beat in the chorus, but they add some like um I think hi-hat hits between the mm-hmm. um bass and snare. Right. Uh which this does, but it's more of a drum machine sound. Um and there's also a new like syncopated synth sound. Yeah. That's playing like Yes. Yeah, not both of those. One of those was just the beat. It's hard to do the beat and then also the synth that's on the back beat. Right. Because it doesn't make much sense if there's no reference. Yeah, and so we we get a mimic of the the section after the second chorus with a just a different synth doing the synth part. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty faithful, but then we get a solo shortly afterwards, after he does a real big high take. So apparently uh, the singer for this band was kind of known for his uh, higher voice, and I think he does uh, a display of that here. Yeah, then, it's yeah, interesting, because like, uh, he doesn't start really very high, but it's kind of more almost spoken. Not really, but yeah. like almost... 
Yeah, I could see that. No, it's not really spoken, but it's it's less like melodic. I'm, how am I trying to say this? It's um, what what am I trying to say? I don't know. I feel like I understand you, but I can't. Because he doesn't. He's not like words. singing up high. It's not high, and it's not like he's singing out. It's just a bit more of like a. Uh, ah, there's got to be a word for it. I don't know what it well, is. Well, yeah, he's not quite operatic about it. He's uh, it's a little more like condensed. It's a little tighter in its performance. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, and then he goes into another just verse, and he, he yeah. brings it way up. Um, so we, and then, yeah. yeah, we get this, uh, like, immensely 80s uh, synth solo. Is that after the... Is there a chorus in there somewhere? Um, trying to remember. No, it's just some hoo-oo-woe-woes, I believe. Like, faithful to the original. Do you have a timestamp? Sorry, I'm... 226. 226. Okay, so there is a chorus before that. Well, yeah, but it's... It's after the Love's True Bluish Light line. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking the, like, instrumental chorus bit. There's, like, a flutey synth there. But no. Yeah, I, I, the yeah one... then there's a synth solo, right. Yeah. And it's very, like, it's very spacey, very, like, in the 80s when you're like, we're going to take this synth to the fucking limit. Yeah, it's like, and it's like a bit, like, detuned um, at times. I I don't know if they're just using, like, a a pitch wheel, bending pitch wheel or something to bend it a little bit. But Mm -hmm. it kind of has that sound to it. They could just be changing the pitch a bit. Um, But, yeah, it's... uh, yeah, and then we get some sharp synth along with him going yeah to take us back to the uh the chorus. Oh yeah. Bam, 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 bam. Everything seems to have raised up a half step here on the on those synths to build intensity as we come to the end. The ending is of course very similar to the original. We're back to that instrumental section with that fluty synth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we then we fade it right on out like the original. Yeah, and it like uh yeah, we go back to the hook at the end and fades out. That's yeah, so it's like it really is just like a more synth focused version of the original. Yeah, with like a a decade of synthesizer music to now reference. Yeah, and like and heavier, I'd say heavier pop influences particularly on the vocals. I happen to agree. Now, Alex, did you see the music video for this one? No, I didn't see one. Okay, there, there is one. Um, it's strange. It's very strange. So we got the lead singer. He's wearing a beret and like a, like a blazer, I think. It's there's a a woman. I think she's a ticket seller. I think this whole thing takes place in like the. The trailer park living arrangement for a, a carnival performers. So it's their their little living quarters section. Um, this woman with very long hair is, uh, I believe, a ticket taker. She sells popcorn or something. She's got the little like she's little bringing like tokens hat. to everybody. Yeah, and she's got like the marching band kind of outfit with the little hat. 
Right. She palms something to somebody. Um, there's a, a very sad lady in like a bathrobe sitting in front of her, her trailer. Then the the ticket taker lady is uh like playing on a yo-yo, then she puts her hand on the strong man. Um, there's a clown who just like is slapping the shit out of a typewriter who's in, in jail for some reason. He's in, in behind bars. There's a monkey in front of the clown. Then we cut to a greaser touching some other lady. It might be the same lady, I don't think it is. Then there's a dude looking at birds in a cage, and he's just kind of oh, like playing yeah, he's with really them. slapping that late. typewriter. He's not even yeah, looking he, at it. Going ham on that thing. Um, there's a the woman in front of the trailer it gets into a fight with some woman, and while these two are fighting, the bird dude just fucking scoots past them into the trailer. <laughs> while they're distracted. Yeah, and then we cut to the greaser guy again who kisses the lady he's with. Strong man walks by at some point. Then we cut to like an old lady eating alphagetti. <laughs> and then the ticket later ticket lady is dancing. And like that's the end of it. Oh man, alphagetti. Yeah, you you seeing that alphagetti right now? I'm seeing the old lady eat very slowly eating alphagetti. She's just slurping it. Not even eating the noodles, just slurping the liquid. Yeah, just that that broth. Now, Alex, what's your takeaway? <laughs> My takeaway is that I would definitely need to think about this for longer <laughs> before I uh, say oh, no, anything no, dog, about I've it. I've been thinking I about feel... it for my whole life. And and what do you think about it? I have no idea. Can you relate to this video? Is there a deeper meaning here? There's got like someone had to have had an idea here, right? Right. It's like uh... there's something like the 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 carnival is is a facade. Like the love, like the love, right? That's the illusion, and the, the, illusion the infidelity is... is running amok. Yeah, and everyone's fighting because they don't trust each other. And there's a clown fucking slapping the shit out of a typewriter. I don't know, man. <laughs> he, he was there for something else, and they're like, "Do you want to be in this music thing?" He's like, "Yeah, fuck it." Ugh. I mean, I guess if you need a bunch of carnival stuff, you go get it from a carnival, and they probably have a clown. He just comes uh. with it. It's a package deal. <laughs> Built in. He's like, I'll do it, but I have to bring my monkey with me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, but you have to stay in this cage. Okay. <laughs> All right. A deal's a deal. Um, yeah, that's the music video. We're going to move on to W, spelled yeah, Y-O-U, in 1994. an Italian Euro dance group founded Euro in 1905. Dance. So this is singer William Narain. Narain? I don't fucking know. So, who uh, started working with Franco Amato and Andrea D'Antoni. These are my best guesses at Italian pronunciation. Thank you for coming. Thank you for pronouncing them. I knew you were going to be too chicken shit to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I will make no claims. So we've moved from uh, dance rock in the late seventies to like electro pop in the late eighties to mid nineties dance. Euro yeah, dance. Euro dance, which I mean, I assume has a similar influence to Heart of Glass in the first place. Yeah, um, much more dance focused. 
Um, it's the mid nineties now, so you get that like that kind of synthesizer, but it's playing the riff, so it's yeah, and a little bit faster. Yes, it feels faster, and it is. It is, and we open with sort of they just like they just truck through this song, honestly. They really do. We start out like kind of slow, honestly. We get this ambient, like spacey synth and some presumably sample from a sci-fi film where a guy's like... Yeah, it seems like maybe it's in Italian because I couldn't make out any words. Okay. But I don't know. I tried to talk, but I was yawning. (laughs) It is very quiet, too, so it's just hard Um, to make out in general. That's true. then, yeah, we get the fucking main riff on the synth, and then we get the boots boots and cats cats. on the drums. Um, And then the guy starts singing, and... They, there's he says like, pain in the ass. He says pain in the ass. Later in the song, but he does say it. He does. Um, there's also, there's like a looping filter that's moving around a bit. Oh, yeah, that like... Yeah, so, and then, and then the, the actual like filter itself kind of moves. Like, there's different levels yeah. of filter, but it kind of changes the same amount. Um... There's also, in the chorus, there's this, and it, it, it comes in the beginning as well, I think, like this really high whistly synthesizer, uh, which I think is just like a, like if you crank the resonance on a lot of filters, um, it will start to self-oscillate and make this like high-pitched tone. Mm. And that's kind of what that sounds like. So it just seems like it, it's very resonant. Yes, Alex. Yeah. Um, there's also just like a uh, kind of like a, a synthy piano doing some bam, 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 kind of low in there. It's just a little bit of rhythm. This yeah, version that's... is like really about just being consistent, but also just throwing in enough random shit to keep the energy up and the interest throughout, which I think is like 90s dance philosophy. Yeah, really. Um it's pretty much that like they it doesn't go as long they they cut out the like final verse but which is the pain in the ass verse but they actually move it to the previous verse section so like it's all there it's just a lot faster and this is like more Mm -hmm. of like a let's dance to this because it's got the boots and cats yeah and they really want to get get some hook on the synthesizer yeah they get that hook they get some echoes on some of the ends of lines not all of them Oh, that's right, where it's like a slow echo. Uh, what is yeah. it? In-betweens is in-between, in-between, and I'm feeling fine, but like just those two lines. Yeah. And then this all builds out to a very, uh, a sort of uh, more definite finish than I'm used to in in dance songs, where he ends on teasing like you do, echoing out. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's just like very, boom, done. But I also think that is a solid dance ending, because then you can just kick up to another dance track to get the energy going like real quick yeah and as much as i'm sure like crossfading is is good sometimes sometimes you gotta just like hit pause and let everyone be like what the fuck's going on and then just jump right back into it you know you create the anticipation that sort of false stop and then they're like oh shit you know how much i love a false stop oh yeah full stop baby i love a false stop (laughs) um yeah that's w they're like I mean, we've heard worse, like, 90s dance on here. 
Definitely. Um, well, I mean, this one follows the original song quite closely compared to a That's lot of true. like dance remixes. It really just mm-hmm. takes because the original song is like kind of on the dancey side. It's got some neat stuff going on rhythmically, and it's really based around a hook. Um, it basically just takes that and uses it for its own dance hook, and it works because it already worked. It doesn't really. I wouldn't say create anything particularly new. It just speeds it up and makes it more danceable with the yeah. more like straightforward rhythm. It really isn't a big leap. But like it sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's hey, way to, way to get yours in the 90s, right? It seems like a pretty surefire way to get some airplay. Oh, man. Um, I got no clever transitions or even half clever ones, but we're going to talk about Bruce Let's Lash talk about in 2004. Once I loved and it was a gas Soon found out had a heart of glass Seemed like the real thing only to find Who's also Prozac for lovers. This dude does elevator music. He used to work in uh, mixing TV and radio commercials at a production house. Now he just, this is his one move. He takes any song, give him any song, and he says it's going to be elevator music. And yeah, that's this, easy listening. We talked about... Um, London Calling. Prozac for Lovers. Yeah, on London Calling. And I believe you mentioned some facts about like how it was... Uh, did you bring up Bruce Lash? Yeah. Bruce Lash? Bruce Lash. Bruce Lash. Um, yeah. Because he's, if you recall, and I know you do, um, he was credited as Prozac for Lovers. That's right. In the other Prozac for Lovers album. Yeah, so this is off Prozac for Lovers Volume 2, and it's, yeah, it was kind of hard to figure this out. Because the first album is listed as its own artist, Prozac for Lovers. This one is listed as belonging to Bruce Lash, who is the guy behind Prozac for Lovers. Um, so it's not the first time we've seen somebody do uh, like a name change. This is a more uh, a more harsh transition. We talked, uh, what was his name, like Goop or something? The Gooch? What was... Oh, <laughs> was um, a, Goot. A YouTube guy. Goot, Goot, yeah, Alex Goot, who went from being just called Goot to I think his like full name, his Alex full name. Goot. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to push mononymy. Mm-hmm. So, well, you don't want to end up like Morrissey when you're old either, you know. <laughs> true, but he didn't have a Morris. That's true. In his name, Morris Cute. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, you're right. This is a slow version, kind of like Bossa Nova inspired. Uh, sounds like that kind of like earlier Bossa Nova jazzy type stuff. Um, yeah. with like soft guitar strumming and there's like a shaker, shaker rhythm, rhythm yeah. yeah and a and, stand-up bass yeah and even like the female vocals that join in like kind of get the that sort of like girl from ipanema um fucking what's his name um i want to say antonio carlos jobim i'm gonna like, agree to that um with uh Alex. Astru Gilberto. Okay. Gilberto. Gilber- Gilberto. You're I, just fucking throwing names at me, man. I got no idea. It's it's a ver- it's a like fairly famous version of Girl from Ipanema. Okay. Where it's kind of 
or like their their other material where there's like male vocals that are soft and there's female vocals that are soft and they sing together like it right. really feels like influenced by that mm-hmm. this is um i will say about this one Bruce Lash does this for every song he does, but this is one we're doing like it it, it worked because <laughs> there is this this air of detachment in the original, mm-hmm. and these sort of under underperformed vocals really play to that. It's very soft, like oh, I had a love and it was a blast. Like if I'm at a five star resort and this jackass <laughs> or like a cruise, this would be played on a cruise for sure. And I'd be like, yeah, get it, Bruce. And I'd be, you know, pounding back fucking sangria or whatever the fuck. Whatever they serve on. I've never been on a cruise. I don't I've never been on a cruise. cruise. Pounding back Mickey Mouse mojitos because it's a Disney cruise. Mickey Mouse mojitos. The ice is Mickey Mouse shaped. It's got ears. <laughs> the glass is Mickey Mouse shaped. Everything is Mickey, Mickey The Mouse boat shaped. is Mickey Mouse shaped. How are we floating? <laughs> the ears are the filled with boat. air. Um... But it's very just, slow. Just a boat. big raft. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it's it's very yeah. Like it's that. Said, it's it's a sound version. Like there's some other stuff. Obviously, not a, not a ton of instruments. It's a fairly minimalist yeah. version. There's a vibraphone that comes in later. Yes, but um, most of it vibraphone. Is there just is the guitar a, and the shaker. Yeah, it's mostly just the guitar and that. Uh, some hand drums come in around the second verse along with. Oh, that's right. Organ. organ. I believe it's an organ. Or like some kind of synth. It's real, just holding long notes. Oh fuck! I'm on the wrong version. Yeah, no, I hear that now. Just a soft organ. Yeah, which really seals the deal on this is elevator music, or like lo- hotel lobby music. Yeah, it's got that feeling, but it's also fairly successfully like laid back in a way that I would expect from Bossa Nova inspired yeah. music. It's and it, the the like lyrically and the 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 performance both lends this idea of reflecting on lost love in a detached way. So it's it's functional. I don't like Bruce Lash or what he does, but I think this one actually hit its target. Yeah, it's like it's like a perfectly fine soft version of the song. Yeah, I think. Um, I Spe- didn't didn't speak to me much other than that. Yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. That's way to go, Bruce. You knocked one out. With that, we're gonna talk about Nouvelle Vague in 2006. Once I had a love and it was a glass. Soon turned out a heart of glass. Seemed like the real thing only to find. Must me. The uh, French cover band Nouvelle led by Oliveri Lebeau and Mark Collin. The name means new wave in French, which could also be a reference to French new wave cinema, as well as obviously new wave music. And apparently also bossa nova music sometimes. Well, yeah, because that's also which also translates to new wave. Um, yeah, it opens with some talking. Mm -hmm. Not much to say about that, but they say some words. Well, that that talking comes in at the end as well. Which is sort of so the song's bookended by that. I don't know if there's some sort of meta narrative structure that comes along. The rhythm on this has a very like plodding, sort of lopsided gait feeling to it. How so? It's just like like it goes fast and then like pulls back and sort of yeah. And yeah, and I think that that's interesting. Um, 
because that kind of follows the the way they play the hook because they do kind of play the hook on the acoustic guitar but it does yeah. sound like different it was like boom 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 it kind of pulls yeah. back on that second half and you get this uh like notes emphasized by really or really organic drums yeah Just everything like, definitely boom. feels much like very in the like acoustic realm yeah it's like then this is like watching just like a if, if you've ever seen like a wind-up toy where one leg is longer than the other it's got that sort <laughs> of like feel to it yeah lopsided yeah huh interesting i do like that that uh that take on it well thank you um lopsided. so we get a rhythm accordion on this yeah, like just a little bit. It's very quiet. Mm-hmm. It comes in a little more later on. Yeah. But it's it's like super underneath everything for a long time. Yeah. Uh, this one also has uh, some bossa nova influence, I think. In particular on the drums, the way they use like drum clicks and stuff, which I always associate with bossa nova. Like okay. when you just hit the stick on the like ring. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of that. So they use that to, I think it also helps emphasize the big notes on drums when they do happen. Right, so like most of the rhythm is just click, 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 Mm click, and then you hear the... You get that contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, You get some more organic noises. This does have that sort of lo-fi vibe, and you can hear strings moving, some of that string slide motion on the guitar, particularly earlier when there's less instruments. Yeah, before they build, and uh, and they do build. They add uh, uh, another vocal track. There's a female vocalist as well who sings on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and in that section, you get. Uh, I think that's where the accordion comes in a little more. It starts playing some longer notes instead of just some short ones. Yeah, but it's still mostly just like holding. Yeah, it's just some kind of holding chords, 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 chords. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like that. Like it builds, they do bring an electric guitar later on, but it's a very clean electric guitar. Um, although, and then an interesting thing they do, Mm -hmm. um, is like add some sound effects in some like nature sound effects in, uh, the second chorus. So it's like, you start hearing birds, birds and like crickets chirping. It's a lot of chirping. And... Yeah, I, I don't know what that means, but it's in there. Definitely in yeah, there. Yeah, there's this like crunch sound that comes up a couple of times. Crunch sound. Let me see sound, if I can find right? the first. Um, it's like a. Yeah, if you go to like. It's about 12 seconds in. Into the song? Yeah, 12 seconds into the song, you'll hear that noise pretty clearly because other times it's going to be a little bit more muddied. Sounds like kind of like opening a bag of chips. Oh yeah, like they're twisting. Yeah, like a bag of chips or something. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. So um, yeah, there is this. Uh, yeah, this I don't know exactly Use of like ambient sounds. Yeah, kind of for well, in this case, percussion. But I guess the crickets aren't really percussion. Yeah. But I, I mean, uh, you, you were saying it kind of sounds like nature-ish. Like there's, yeah. it feels very natural. A lot of the time, and yeah, it does have that feeling to it. There's a bit of electric guitar later on, but it's not really an electronic sounding guitar. Yeah, it's really just amplified. Um, 
they slow up a bit at the end. And like yeah, the, it's sort of like slow again to use the wind up toy description. It really oh, yeah, like it winds yeah. down. And it does. Yeah. Drops a lot of instruments, but the vocals turn up. Like you can hear the volume on the vocals turning up. Yeah. In this section, which is kind of neat. And then they just kind of like ooh ah uh, ah uh, like fades out a bit. <gasps> Yeah, as that background chatter slowly increases and overtakes it. Yeah, so this one kind of, it's almost, I mean, maybe not a cruise, but it has a similar feeling to the last one. Obviously, yeah. they both have some of that bossa nova kind of influence, and they yeah, both and the go for like a more naturalistic vocals. version of it and softer version. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just kind of like adds an environment around it, like there's ambient sound effects. Yeah, like it's simulating a live outdoor venue or something. It's very strange, and I'm not sure I understand why they did this. Yeah, it's almost like like I would want to listen to the rest of the album and see if maybe they stuck with that. I'm not going to do it right now, but... Oh, they have a cover of Blue Monday. Ah, my favorite color of Monday. No, I'm kidding. That's that's Suicide Monday. But um yeah, so it's like is it's like musically interesting. There's a lot of like like things to pick up on. In terms of like the spirit of the song, I'm not a hundred percent sure whether they hit or missed on this. I'm not, I just it's it's there. Yeah. Um honestly I liked it. Maybe it's just because there's a bit of accordion and it's short circuit in my brain, but I was a fan of this one. I don't think it's yeah. just because they're French. Oh yeah, I know you're a, you're horny for French people. You know how much of a francophile I am. Yeah, I've, I've known that about you a long time. Um, yeah, that like there's something about this one. Even talking about it, sometimes I don't know how I feel about a song until we talk about it. And I, I was feeling dopamine release, so that I obviously have positive associations with it. Something's positive here. As yeah. to what it is, eh, I don't know. Much like the Associates uh, music video, I just haven't wrapped my head around it. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be a lot going on here that we need to process. I don't mm. understand why for this song that is going song, on, though. Maybe it's just that dreamy vibe. There's a lot of interpretation, you know? So people are putting it out into Maybe. these different strange outlets. Um, Could be. To move on to somebody who does it a little more straightforward, let's talk about the Toadies in 2015. They're an American um, rock band formed yeah. in 1989 in Fort Worth, Texas. Apparently, uh, their big song is Possum Kingdom. That's not... I don't know that song. I should know that one, because I have listened to some Toadies. Specifically this album, though. Heretics. That's like, Heretics. And what um, inspired that? Um, I heard about them on an episode of the, the awesome podcast, Get Up On This. They're like It's no longer in circulation, but... Do they not do that at all? Here. No, not anymore. Okay. Because they, like, switched hosts, right? For a while? Um, yeah. I switched hosts a couple of times. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, oh, yeah, like, ho- I was thinking hosts, like, like 
like host networks. No, they did switch hosts, and then the host did uh, not too many episodes, maybe like five episodes, and then dropped off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, that's how I heard about this, um, and this album specifically. So this is like a uh, a sort of slow rock ballad with I, there seems to be like just a just a hint of southern rock in there. Yeah, definitely has that sound. It's like very much based around the riff, but it's more of like a strummed kind of version of the riff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you get that strumming kind of in between the big hits of the, I guess the hook, I should call it. Um, yeah, a lot of strumming in this version. Yeah, so yeah, we we intro with that, and then the, it's just the guitar doing the riff for a bit, and then we get some drums kicking in. Uh, and then uh, they go I away again. Yeah, then they leave as we go to the opening line. And then he kind of sings slowly. As all I once had a love, and it was a gas. It's yeah. That, it's that kind of song. That kind of song. Yeah, really really playing into the sadness of, of once having a love. Yeah. Um, but what I like about this one is typically we'd get a version like this and where he starts the song is where it would stay for the whole thing. True. Uh, Once he hits the second verse, he punches those vocals right up. Sings a lot higher. He's really starting to, you can hear a bit of strain in the vocals. You know what? I'm surprised this version doesn't have a lap steel. Like, I feel like it sounds like it could have one. Yeah. Not that it, it needs it sound- one, but that it, it would fit. But, but yeah, it could easily adopt that. Um, and I was actually impressed at how well the 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 dreaminess played into the chorus. Yeah, and the way they play the guitar kind of fits into that too. It's a little spacier. Yeah, they get a little uh a little echo on it or something, maybe. Yeah. Um, also, in this one, he definitely says, I had a heart of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Um, and he also seems to say either O mistrust. Like, he does not say mucho mistrust. And a few of I them change it. Old say, mistrust. Yeah, or like old mistrust. O-L apostrophe. Because I don't hear a D. Yeah. But, like, it's the same word. Uh, Again, I think that's some of that Texas Southern Rock influence yeah. coming in. It's that old mistrust in a relationship yeah. again. It, yeah. Which I think is, uh, like, I, I like the mucho mistrust line, but I think if you're going to adapt it, this is a pretty, like, interesting take. It Better than a, a lot of them just it. said, like, much oh mistrust or just much mistrust. Yeah, much mistrust. Mm, that's not as fun. Or, yeah, he tries to bring it into this, this Texas rock con- context. And I think it does a good job with that. It's a fun linguistic change. Yeah. We get some uh, some do-do-do-do-do-do's, which are also what take us out of the song, similar to the original. They're very, uh, very subdued. And mandolin. We can't forget the mandolin. Yeah, there is some mandolin in there. There's a mandolin. Yeah, so they basically kind of go for, yeah, I agree, southern rock or country-tinged rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Version. I think worth noting on the percussion, too, particularly if you go around the, like, 50-second mark or the 55 seconds, is that it, it basically does, like, a, almost a drone but on cymbals. 55, right? Eh? Yeah. 
I mean, there's still the regular drum hits going on. You're one and three, but there's just this constant cymbal in the back there. Yeah, it's like it's like a gentle cymbal. Yeah, just kind of like rings out, and you just get that like kind of becomes noise in the background. Yeah. Just just something interesting. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. No sweat. I mean, it's uh, it's yeah, like we said, a sort of a slow southern rock ballad. And initially, I like the first time I heard this, I was just kind of listening to the album. And I was like, this song sounds familiar. It's like one of those if you're not paying attention. You're like, yeah. wait a second. What the f- I like, I know these words, but I don't know this song. So yeah, pretty neat in my opinion. Let's talk about Jess and Matt in 2015. <laughs> Less neat. Yeah, this is a singing couple from Sydney, Australia. Uh, they got quotes in their bios from Stevie Nicks, Stevie among Nicks. other people. Yeah, they Stevie were Nicks. on X Factor Australia. Of course they were. That's that's what we're working with here. So uh, uh, Stevie Nicks says, Jess and Matt remind me of Lindsay and I. They sing so well together. They can play anything and are so well-grounded. The world needs this great duo. Sounds like she's just like... Mostly being a little bit narcissistic there. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty Stevie Nicks move to be like, oh, it's like Lindsay and I. You know, because the world needed us, the world needs them. It's the same but, thing. Uh, in a lot of ways, Lindsay and I are like water. The world needs us. Uh, and also, we drown people. Um, <laughs> um, so they called themselves in their, their profile, and I think this kind of sums it up, pop-centric country with some folk rock influences. Yeah, um, this is not my style of music. I say this every once in a while. Yeah. But I don't like this style, really, this is, so I didn't it felt like very, this version. Yeah, it's very self-important pop. Yeah, yeah, and, and we see this every once in a while. Um, it just feels, like, overblown. Like, this is a fun song and kind of a silly song in some mm. ways. Um, and, I mean, the last version made it a bit sadder, but it wasn't like this. This one just tries to make it seem like the most... Yeah, the most dramatic yeah. thing, right? Dramatic, it, that's the right word. And, like, yeah, it, it's just too much, I think. 100%, because even in, like, the Toadies version, it's still, like, something that you would hear a dude, like, telling you at a bar. <laughs> like, in Texas, he'd be like, yeah, what's out of love? It's great. Then old Mistrust came. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just hearing from a guy. But, yeah, this one has a lot of that, like... I mean, it's it's great that modern production techniques can produce, like, any sound we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, like, the big, like, epic, like, like, cracks and whooshes yeah whooshes and then we get strings lifting us up yeah um now it's based around just mostly an acoustic guitar yeah uh, and some piano and then they sing together of course mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's it's all that like very whooshy epic sound yeah like the greatest love story ever told is heart of glass yeah and yeah, um, like she, you said, yeah. strings. So that's like mostly it. 
Yeah, um, I to to nitpick, and because you know we had to listen to it, so we're allowed to make fun of it. She sings the word "find" really weird. If you go to about twenty-two seconds, or like twenty-one, so you can get the lead in. Right. <laughs> trying to think if that's what an Australian accent makes you say "fine." Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't think so. Um, I've written here that much mistrust sounds like shit. Much mistrust. How so? I don't know. It just doesn't sound... Because I feel like the reason mucho yes. mistrust is used in the original... We didn't really talk about the usage Oh, of, I see. But I think it's meant to be a little playful. Yeah, and that, so, this version definitely strips that out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like they're having a good time at all. And we get a lot of harmonization. So the, the verses... The first verse is just Jess. Then Jess does the main part with Matt doing harmony on the second verse... Then on the chorus, they flip roles, so he does the main vocals, she does the harmonies. And I hate every second of it. <laughs> yeah, it's de- it definitely has the like more modern production technique of, of really smoothing everything out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I mean, that has traditionally put us off a bit when it's that form of, yeah. of it, you know? Just like, you can hear... I I mean, I know we talked about um, Post Malone a long time ago and watched like a tutorial about what they were doing with the voice. They'd be like, hey, we put a filter on it because like you can see on the spectral analysis, the frequency analysis, like we have a peak in this frequency. So we cut that frequency out and then we put it through this effect. And then, Mm -hmm. oh, now it's peaking here. So we filter that out. And then we so you put it like effect, filter, effect, filter, effect, filter. And eventually it kind of sounds like this. And right. you're just like slowly smoothing off all the like subtle imperfections that kind of make things interesting. Yeah. Like I don't fully understand the motivation. I guess I understand the motivation to like make something perfect, but it feels mm-hmm. like you kind of miss out on more than you gain. Yeah. It a lot really of the time. Is. Now, I, and I don't want to go on too much of a tirade against like modern production techniques because it's not really that big a deal, but. But it's that's kind of why I, you know, tend to not like it. I think that's the explanation I've come up with. Or maybe it yeah. just sounds new, and I also tend to be biased against new, new pop music because I'm a bit of just like a crotchety old person at heart. Mm-hmm. You're you're a, you're three three chords in the truth kind of guy. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I I'm I'm not so I'm... much into telling the truth, but. No, you're a liar. I know that. <laughs> My line about that? Who knows? Um, Who knows? It's hard to tell with you. Anyway, may, these guys, maybe they're lying. I don't know. Yeah. The computer know. Uh, could make it seem like I they're not lying. They do. If you go okay. to around like 128, after, like midway through their oo oo they just sing, A Heart of Glass! And I hate that too. <laughs> yeah, that's their big Heart of Glass line. I think it comes a bit early. I think yeah. that should be moved a little later because that's like that's like the one and a half minute mark, and I feel like it's a f- maybe ten or twenty seconds early for yeah. the like climax. I guess it's not really the climax, but I feel like it it's should just, be anyway. It should, I, yeah, it's completely overblown. It's just too much. Um, and we're gonna move on to one more song. Glass. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Sorry. Twisted Pine in Twisty 2018, Pine. the four piece Americana band from Boston. And it's Americana. Twisted Fine. Bones had love and it was gas. Sent 
I just wanted to rhyme. That's not actually my opinion on the song. Um, <laughs> I twisted, hated it. No, twisted I it. Was all right. Hated it. Uh, no, didn't hate it. Um, it's very, yeah, Americana. Very good description. Um, they start with like muted strumming. On they all play string instruments. So there's like a mandolin yeah. going, and there's a guitar, and I think there's an upright bass, and then a violin um so yeah like everyone who can is muted strumming at the start and then they come in with uh an altered version of the hook that's right possibly after the vocals i'm a little no not after the vocals so then it's the bass the bass starts playing yeah instead of playing sort of the two different sections they cut it down to one and just loop it so it's just boom 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 just over and over again right and that is, uh, yeah, with the with the percussive uh, muted notes going on beside it, then we get very whispery uh, female vocals coming in for the main bit. Very high, very whispery. Yeah, which is kind of similar to the original. Yeah, which really had that like head voice sound. And honestly, this could just be this person's head voice sound. Could be. Um. Yeah, we get some very high guitar that comes in on the chorus. The bass starts moving really quickly, and then at the end of the chorus, she says, woo, which is the first indication we get that this is sort of a, a fun cover for these people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to cover this kind of song without it being a fun thing, but uh, Jess and Matt found a way. Jess and Matt have proven so you wrong. Props. Um, <laughs> yes, um, this one, I mean, I think that's the vibe you get from a lot of these kinds of bands that play in styles that are supposed to be more like grassroots or americana or whatever um particularly when they play like pop songs it's like hey we're having fun you know yeah maybe they're always having fun um but yes that that woo replaces the ooh ooh, whoa ooh whoa like that section um it's just like she says woo and then they just continue with the instruments without any vocals yeah um, and then you get the mandolin is doing that. Um, I think you you were saying the high sound. It's like playing yeah. the the riff sound on the mandolin there. I think okay, that might be what that's got to be it. Because they yeah, definitely have a mandolin because it's in the music video. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the music video for this one. There's not much to it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So real driving play. rhythm on the chorus as well. It's a lot of just like root notes from the bass and a lot of just kind of everybody hitting it to give it that sense of motion. Sorry, I'm trying to find the music video. Oh, here it is. All right, we're good. I found the music video. Oh, oh thank God. Yeah. Um. Then we move, once we move into the uh, next repetition of the first verse, we get a synthesizer, which I was surprised to hear. Trying to catch up. That'd um, be around 120-ish, 110. Do we have a synthesizer? Very- yeah, that. Oh, look at that. That's synthesizer, like the, right? The the rhythm. Yeah. Well, here, let me. So yeah, go to like one twenty. You hear that thing? Yes. Yeah. Here's my take. Uh, uh-huh. It could be a mandolin track. Playing a single string. 
Okay. Repeatedly. But then, like, altered somehow, right? I don't know. That... I think that could be mandolin. I'm not sure, though. Let's check, the, a, let's check the music video. A very synthy sound to it. They're not showing them play in this section. Of course not. I don't know. I could see that being a mandolin, but I, I could see it being a synthesizer as well. well it, and it does seem to have some sort of plucked energy to it, so I, I, would, I would buy a mandolin with some effects put on it. Because it's evidently meant to be, if not be a synthesizer, imitating that synthesizer. Yes, it definitely has the same sound as that, or the same, like, rhythm as that synthesizer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Either way, worth noting. Yeah. I definitely missed it. <laughs> First time around. Yeah. I don't uh, know how, but yeah, you did. I don't did. know, man. I miss a lot of stuff. It, it happens. <laughs> um... um then they, there is a violin solo here as well. Um, mm-hmm. The vi- This might be a bit a lot later. Am I jumping over stuff? You might be. Uh, I think it's worth noting on the. I think the second chorus they do double tracking of vocals, which I don't think they did in the first one. Uh yeah, I don't think they did either. Yeah. Yeah, and from that we whip into the violin solo, which I'm always a sucker for. Yep, violin solo, which is like the, the. Uh, Instrumental it's the synth line, instrumental yeah. chorus, yeah, because it's the same melody as the uh, chorus there. Um, the violin player is the singer. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing out things I learned from the music video. Hey, yeah, right on. Um, you can't tell because it's just oral, as in ear stuff. Yes. Um, uh, it's just I. I think if you want to avoid the the blowjob comparison. You say Sonic. Yeah, that's assuming I want to avoid the blowjob comparison. Comparison. Well, even then, if you, go, if you say Sonic, it's it's two steps from furry from there, and then boom, you're at blowjobs like again. Like barely even two steps. It's like one and a half it's, at most. It's, it's a half step. <laughs> um. Uh. Let's see. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah, get the. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 We yeah. get the yeah. violin solo doing the chorus bit. Then we get the vocals doing the main riff bit. Yeah. And then that comes into the, a breakdown where she does the ooh, 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 ohs. Yeah. She also says, I get high on love's true bluish light instead of riding high. Oh, okay. Not a huge change, but she's definitely getting high. She's getting high. high. Good for her. Um, and oh, yeah, this is a weird thing she says. Soon found out to be a heart of glass. Just kind of like an awkward way of saying it. Yeah, because that's not Doesn't correct really grammar. Make much sense. I mean, the original is not even proper grammar, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's but it, if she said soon turned out to be a heart of glass, yes, yeah, soon found out. You'd say it was a heart of glass. Or yeah, or maybe that doesn't make sense. It was found out to be. He was found yeah, out to be. That would make sense. Yeah, but that's not. <laughs> it was soon found out to be a heart of glass. But she's speaking first person she's saying i soon found out to be a heart of glass yeah seems a little like mid-atlantic it's very strange yeah it's uh it's not quite right not quite right <laughs> is that what that a is reference to a super tramp song or whatever i don't know man what's that accent they used to speak in pan-atlantic Pan- pan-atlantic is it pan-atlantic oh, i can't tell old movie accent 
mid-Atlantic accent yeah. or trans-Atlantic trans accent, Atlantic accent is a cultivated accent of English blending together future, but yeah, that's the one. Mid-Atlantic. Or Transatlantic. You said two right ones and I said a wrong one. So <laughs> sweet. <laughs> there um, you go. You're just baiting me. That's like, what I, I do, man. I'm, I'm always this. I'm always baiting, man. Just <laughs> always baiting. It's always baiting. Um Yeah. That's this version, right? Is there anything else to talk about? That's uh, yeah, the two singers for a bit. We get the ooh ooh ahs and a little breakdown section. Right, they actually like break down and do like the percussion bit too at the end during the ooh. Yeah, that's right. They get a whole percussive breakdown, which is kind of cool. That's a cool thing yeah, to do. Fun. Bo 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 bo. Basically, I've written here. Are these guys the scary pockets of folk? Because um, that's the kind of vibe they give uh, me. Do they focus on? Uh, I think they do enough of their own stuff, but I'm not sure. Mm, okay. Because you know they I'll just came out with an album Who, called Scary right Pockets now. or Twisted no, Pine. No, Twisted Pine. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I just went. Their website was like, check out our new album. Check it out. Which does yeah, not seem so to be all covers. And this it just does have that has like some covers. mid-level for fun energy. With some some just like unnecessary complications, like a percussive section thrown in. Right, right. So it's 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 striking a similar chord to Scary Pockets to me, but since it's not this sort of milk toast funk, I'm more accepting of it. Milky toast. Really well, that's all I have to say about this one. Alex, you got anything else? No, other than there's a music video, but there's not much to it. Um, it's mostly like the singers in an alleyway. It's black and, she, and white. It's black and white. She sings in the alleyway. Sometimes there's like laser beams of color. Not laser beams, but like right. like drawn on yeah, like and lines of color that shoot of around. Like different things. Follow different be lines. Through her arms or through a, 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 a lamp post. And then she dances around and sings. And sometimes it cuts to, um, it cuts between that and the band playing. And when the band's playing, sometimes it's them playing live. Yeah. Uh, different songs. Usually, and sometimes it's them recording this in the studio. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the video. Uh, don't know why it's black and white necessarily. Also, the it's shaker Americana, is apparently baby. a box of cereal. Oh. But maybe that's just one of those little silly things you do sometimes. Oh yeah, a little a little music video goof. Yeah. Mm, that's that's it, man. Well, with that, we're going to move into our final verdicts. Worst version, best version, and the version... I prepared so many things today, I did not prepare a third category. And I said the best dance version. Fuck it. Best dance version. Oh, what time is it? What uh, is going on? 3.59, baby. Sorry. 5 o'clock your time. I got... No, suddenly got notifications on my phone. Because in Pokemon Go, you can invite people to join raids now. Mm. remotely and i just got two invitations and i don't even like play that much mm. these days i have played a lot all right sorry getting off topic what's the, what's the worst version of this and why uh i Is mean it just and matt it's just and matt and we didn't like it for several reasons it felt off it felt yeah. overblown it felt over dramatic <laughs> it felt it was too much it was too much and not enough Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's not my cup of tea, man. Say my thing. This is almost too easy to say, but it's 
far and away my least favorite version today. Oh, this yeah, week. I'm, I'm, I'm going beyond least favorite. I would say it is objectively the worst version of this. <laughs> I mean, garbage. if you're making that argument to me, I accept it. Everybody else, you know, understood the song. These guys were like, what if we just fucking just blew it out of proportions? And yeah, this is epic trailer sucked. music. Yeah. Alex, what's Alex. the best version of this and why? You know which one I liked the most? Do you want to mm, know? I do. I think it was Nouvelle Vague. I knew you were going to pick that. Yeah. Um, smell it. Because it, it, uh, it smells. Cause, oh, wait a minute. There's something we can we can make fun of French people here somehow. So anyway. They eat snails. They eat snails. Yeah. That's it. Frog legs. Um is frog legs a French thing? I guess so. I, I think so. I mean that's I was the I associated are. with <laughs> Right, that's where the, the testicles <laughs> are in the frogs. Um I associated with like New Orleans, but New Orleans has so much French influence. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, it was like a little little bossa nova, a little kind of like light, very, like you said, very organic feeling, sounding, and you said it nicely when you said it feels a bit lopsided and kind of like lurches along in that way, which kind of gives it a cool, strange, off-kilter rhythm that, uh, yeah. that I dug. Yeah, that version's definitely going to stick around in my head. I'm going to give the best to Toadies, which is maybe a bit biased. It's the one I'm most familiar with. Toadies. But I think it I think it does a good job of a, a primarily guitar and vocals version. Uh, I think I think it successfully brings it into this South Rock ballad context. It makes it sound good. That's why it's the best. Cool. Alex, Alex. What's the best dance track? Best dance track? Yeah. You know what? I think it's the Associates. I would pick the Associates over W. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Associates, but I'm more of like an 80s fan than 90s Electronica fan, so that's, that's right. where I'm coming from. I'm giving it to the Associates. They've got the, the synth. They've got the um, like rhythm track. They've got the dance, man. They got the dance. Who's got the dance? They've got the They've dance. They've got it. Um, I'm giving it to Bruce Lash. No, I'm kidding. I'm giving it to the Associates <laughs> for similar reasons. For yeah, similar I prefer reasons. 80s dance. Although, I mean, even the original one's not bad, particularly oh, the yeah. disco version. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's got chops. It's the 42nd best dance song of all time, according to Slate Magazine. Slater. Rolling Slate. Stone? Slant. Slant magazine Slant? ranked it as number four. I was, four, I was expecting list. it to be Slate. Me too. Really honestly. was expecting Slate. Um, those are our opinions, though. If you got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. Tell us their stuff. You can also hit us up by email at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns. You know, follow us. Rate us, review us, tell your friends about us. We tell you this every week. You never do it. Hurry up and do it. Or maybe you do. We're all... <laughs> your friends just don't listen. It's to just you. not making that, that much of an impact. That's all. that's all. That's all. Yeah, get better at marketing, you dipshits. Yeah, market for us. <laughs> Seriously, we provide free content. The least you could do is a little free marketing. I'm kidding. Do whatever you want. Nonetheless, we're gonna do a bonus segment real quick here, which I have prepared ahead of time. As I always do, this one's called Languages Are Fun, Aren't They? Oh, they I'm sure I'm going are. to read out to you 
the phrase new wave in several languages, Alex, and it's up to you to guess which language it is. Okay. Are you ready? Right. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, here's an easy one. New okay. wave. Hmm. Modern English. That is correct. That is modern English. Alex, I would have accepted American English as well. Oh. Not um, British English, one. though. <laughs> Not British English. The next one coming at you is Nueva Ola. Nueva Ola. That sounds Spanish. That is correct. Um, this one, if I could get a pronunciation on it, would be just fucking dank. Okay, here's how we're going to do it. Gonna do it like this. Alex, here's one to throw at you. Bossa Nova. Hmm, that's a tricky one, but I'm gonna have to go with Portuguese. That's right, Alex. That was um, a slow that was a slow pitch. That was a slow ball. pitch. Real softball. Just lobbed it up. Just that you're looking up a pronunciation. Oh uh, yeah, hang on, I gotta <laughs> this is gonna be tough. Uh Xinlang Chow. What do you got for that one? Oh man. Um do I have to, I'm going to say, oh, geez, like Cantonese? Um, I'll give it to you. It was whatever, it was Chinese. I don't know specifically. I think usually which... if they say Chinese, I believe they're refer- that's usually Mandarin. Okay. Well, then you're wrong, I Alex. think only because I know the Chinese government says like standard Chinese and it's Mandarin. Okay. Ugh, I'll take the hit on that one. Honestly, I was going between those two, though. Okay, I got another one for you. I got to listen to the translation. All right. Shinkeiko. Hmm. Is that is that going to be Japanese? Uh, it might be Shinkeiko. But oh. yes, that is okay. Japanese. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going um, with East Asia, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I got another one for you. New Wave. I'll give you a hint. It's not English this it's not time. English. Is it? Is it like... What? Uh, <laughs> is it like German or something? They just say new um, wave in English? No, it is not German. The uh, answer is uh, Italian. Ugh, not fair. <laughs> Although if you put it into Google Translate, it'll tell you that Italian is nuova ondata. But they just like say new wave? Yeah, this this other page just says new wave, so I don't know what to tell you. All right, Alex, the last one, new well. Oh, is that German now? That is German. You got hey, it, Alex. Hey. Alex, I don't know how many you got right. Um, um I think Google I got two wrong. I don't know how many there were though. Can we just say I win? Yeah, it's a winner. All right, I'm a good winner. job, Alex. Congratulations on the only time we'll probably ever do this segment. That's the end of our show, and as we always say on Cover Me, Cover Me is confusing. There's no peace of mind.